and welcome to Smart Cube, your fortnightly uh, podcast on all things nerd, movie, TV, real news, maybe. <laughs> Hosted by your two favourite, uh, two favourite weird dudes who are trying their best. <laughs> yeah, that's us, and I'm Tom. I'm Jamie. And. This and we are Smart Cube. That was a mess of an intro, but we're here. <laughs> uh, well, if if we can't mess up an intro at episode six, then I mean, we're we're gonna continue messing up intros all the way through. So yeah, um, this is likely. People better get used to it. <laughs> yeah. So what we um what we're we talking today. So this week um, we've got uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, um, which is dropping on Netflix soon. Um, we've got, as usual, an MCU roundup because they can't stop giving us MCU news. Uh, since our last record, we've had a trail of Black Widow, uh, which dropped five minutes after we stopped recording our last episode. Um, we've got a Loki trailer, and uh, last night uh, Alfred Molina came out with some very uh, interesting quotes about Spider-Man. Um, and then we've got uh, Fast and Furious 9 uh, dropped a trailer this week as well. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about cars in our final speculation. It sounds good. So, how you been? I've been good, yeah. Been uh, been getting through. Um, had a lot of uh, <laughs> had a bit of a time at work this week, um, but uh, fortunately, it's um, and I can get my head down. I can um, avoid the conversations all about the passing of Prince Philip, which is good because I have opinions and they don't necessarily match the people uh people that i work with when it comes to the royal family (laughs) yeah some opinions just aren't appreciated (laughs) (laughs) how have you been what have you been up to uh not much there's been a new (laughs) new dlc for stellaris so that's been a beat me uh, yeah. Fantastic. So, have you? Uh, is that what you've been been playing the last couple of weeks? So, is that? Yeah, that sort of um, brand brand new. That's brand new. I came out yesterday, um, so I haven't actually had a chance to crack o- open yet. But I've um, mainly been. Um, uh, I started a new save on Football Manager. I've been playing playing um, my a wolves a game as wolves. So nice. It's going weird because. We're halfway through the season and Chelsea are bottom of the league. <laughs> oh. um, so my big uh, thing that I've been uh, well listening to this week uh, is my big obsession for the week is the uh, the re-release of Fearless, um, Taylor Swift's 2008 album. And it is... It just... It, it's a refinement of the original original album 
Oh yeah. And it goes about ten times harder, and it's brilliant. <laughs> like the the guitar riffs are just a bit punchier. They have quite a bit more pronounced sort of uh, drumming in the uh, in the tracks, um, and also um, Taylor's vocals. You know, tw- twelve years after uh, after the initial release, of sort of grown and developed, which is a better singer now than she was in two thousand eight. So it's really good to. So, so what's the like, get... what's the big famous songs of of that album? So the the two sort of most popular ones were um, "Love Story" and "You Belong with Me." Oh, yeah. Which is obviously the one that was uh, famously winner of the Best Music Video Award that Kanye West disagreed with. <laughs> I mean, Kanye West disagrees with everything. Um, <laughs> currently, He is a bit of a contrarian. He's very me when I was 19. <laughs> I mean, currently, monogamy in his marriage disagreed with that. <laughs> oh. Um... But yeah, it's just um, it's a it's a really good version of the album, um, and yeah, it's it's worth a listen. Yeah, um, I've also been listening to something um, new at the moment. It's um it's another podcast, so I'll give that. I mean, it doesn't need a plug, but I'll plug it if you haven't <laughs> heard of it. It's um it's a new uh, dark comedy podcast um called Dark Air, um starring uh, Rain Wilson from The Office. Nice. As um as Very Terry nice. Carnation, a um late night um talk show host who deals with the paranormal. Ooh. Um That sounds pretty cool. The third or fourth episode just went up uh this week, so it's only just uh, it started. Like brand new project for him. Yeah, it's uh, brand oh. new and apparently Angela Kinsey, um, Creed Bratton are all going to be guest starring in the upcoming episodes. Ah, that's good. Because I've, I've fallen way behind on Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher's Office Rewatch podcast and um, I just can't get into picking it back up again I'm bad with it and now it's been so long since uh, since I dropped behind like it's intimidating to start listening again yeah um, so you just see that big list of episodes and you're like ooh <laughs> I don't know if I can get back in this <laughs> I love seeing I, I love when you get like into a podcast that's like two or three episodes in because then you can just keep up with it and everything's good. Um, so yeah, um, I'll I'll take that recommendation. I'll give that a listen because should be quite good. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's just on spot. I think it's a Spotify exclusive. Cool. So, oh, yeah. Cool. So onto the actual podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead is uh, is where we're starting. Um, the trailer dropped for it. I think it was about midweek this week. Um, as if time has any meaning right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it's uh, it looks like a, a fun zombie heist film, um, which. 
which stars um, Dev Batista as the lead, um, and obviously he started to uh, to get quite the quite the repertoire of films under his belt. To be honest, yeah, it's um, him and John Cena are the um, wrestlers who are really getting into it at the moment, aren't they? After The Rock, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I mean, wrestling's all about the acting anyway. Yeah, um, that is true. I watched Glow. A, uh, I, I started watching Glow a couple of weeks ago, and um, the bit where um, the soap ac- actress recognizes the wrestling storylines as soap opera storylines <laughs> is one of the sort of most triumphant um, scenes in the in the first series. Oh yeah. Um, where because um, because like for the first couple of episodes, she's sort of treating the wrestling as if it's a bit silly, and then she goes to a wrestling match and discovers that it is, you know, um, soap opera, <laughs> just dramatic, over dramatic soap opera, um, and I love I love that sort of link to to the acting. Yeah, it's cool. Um, it's like um, my only reference frame to wrestling is that one episode of Futurama <laughs> where Bender, <laughs> where Bender becomes Bender the Offender. Yeah. Oh. I, I love when you. I, I love with Futurama. It's always just that one episode of Futurama, and everyone knows which episode you mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a timeless what a tangent classic. that was. That yeah. <laughs> Wrestling, yeah. So, on the dead, it's coming out in theater. I think it's only so coming out in select theaters, uh, but it's mainly coming out on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. It's a big Netflix original, so I think they've sort of commissioned it. Um, but I think there's, yeah, I think there is a bit of a theatrical release for it, um, but not as widespread as in the homes if you know what I mean yeah and I mean I'm really looking forward to it because Netflix have done a really good job of just making good quality content of late like all the yeah. like their originals are all pretty good the, there's not many Netflix originals that are definitively bad is what I'll say. Like there's there's a lot of the there's a lot of them that are, are very much all right, but yeah. there's not many that are specifically bad. Yeah, I mean, I and think I kind of respect that. There's, to be fair, there's a lot of mediocre, a lot of mediocre um, releases. So like you've got the. Um, like of bright and things like that if you remember that film yeah um, um yeah bright which... that was disappointing really from okay. the from the from the uh for the amount that like the amount that it showed up on the homepage <laughs> as the big thing that they were pushing it um it was disappointing on that level it means it's alright it's an alright film and, <laughs> and I mean last year you had Project Power with Jamie Foxx which was about yeah. like you eat a 
superpower pill and you got superpowers. It's a pretty <laughs> basic premise, but yeah. I mean, I don't think there have been any, but, any like horrendously bad ones. I think what they do with net with Netflix because they don't have to um, adhere to like a a TV network, if you know what I mean, or adhere to certain TV rules creators are given quite a lot more freedom with uh, with Netflix originals um, or like with film studios like Netflix allow people to just go here's some money you know do what you want within reason sort of thing yeah and I mean some Netflix originals of like there was one recently wasn't it that was um, up for an Oscar yeah, um, the... not 100% sure of the uh, the film. I know there's one of the Netflix original animations that uh, that is up for best uh, animated feature. I think it was um, the, the, the Someone 7. Uh, um, oh, the Trial of the Chicago 7. That's the one. That's the one. Um yeah um i know with the with the oscar um rules i'm not sure if they re- um reduced the criteria this year uh which allowed for a lot more netflix stuff to you know stream stuff to to come in as options yeah, i know the mean... i know that literally the criteria used to be that there is one um, it had to be in at least sort of two theaters somewhere in California for a week. Oh right. Um, and that's the criteria for Oscar eligibility as to to count as a movie that can be nominated for an Oscar. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, so I imagine um, that has. I'm not sure if they changed that rule because of because of COVID. You would uh, imagine they which, would have to. Yeah, you can. Because obviously, people won't have been able to go to theaters. Um, but if it wasn't, um, yeah, and theaters haven't been open, but if they didn't relax the rule, they were at very real risk of the Oscar nominees being Sonic the Hedgehog and <laughs> um, I'm going to include Birds of Prey in this um, even though I thought Birds of Prey was pretty good <laughs> I mean not Oscar worthy though no definitely not best picture worthy <laughs> um, that and then you'd have to throw in Wonder Woman 86 so yeah which category was, was but... not very good <laughs> which is a shame um, yeah I really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman yeah um, I, I mean what I want is for the DC universe to be good um, yeah. and yeah but yeah anyway uh, that's a slight tangent um, but <laughs> allows us to bring it back to Zack Snyder Um I know that Zack Snyder sort of thrives on on being given that freedom. 
Yeah. Um, as has been seen from the um, the Snyder Cut uh, campaign and also the, the reaction to uh, the final product. So I'm really excited to see what he can do with the sort of freedom that Netflix does give to its creators. Yeah. I am excited because it, it looks like a lot of fun. It does. Um, I know there's at least two members of the cast that are by trade stand-up comedians. Um, so I think it's going to be a very quippy film. Uh, it's going to be a lot of quips, I think, um, while still keeping a, a somewhat dark tone. Yeah, and I mean... You know it's not going to be super serious because there's there's a zombie tiger in the trailer. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> the uh, with the zombies, uh, the zombies of it all. Um, I can see that it's uh, fast zombie rules, which is fast and um, smart, something isn't that it? we yeah, and we haven't seen fast zombies in a while. Um, they sort of went out of fashion a couple of years ago. Um, I feel like it. I feel like the the fashion cycles when it comes to zombie movies. Um, so obviously, for the likes of you know twenty eight days later and things like that, there was a move to this fast the infected zombie, and then with the rise of Walking Dead, that was them going, oh no, we're doing a proper zombie th- zombie thing. With, with slow moving zombies yeah, and I then think, I think the last big um, media property with the fast zombies was probably World War Z back in like 2014 yeah. yeah so yeah I think it just sort of flips between what people want and then pe- and then what people want flips between fast zombies and slow zombies so I'm hoping for a little bit of a a short era of fast zombies. But I don't think we've seen smart zombies in a film, a big film. No. Ever. No. Um, yeah, they're, they're very much, you know, seen as a um, a mindless blob sort of thing. Um most most times when it's smart zombies there's some sort of um it's the sort of necromancy sort of zombie films yeah where uh someone raises the dead and controls them so it'll be i mean hopefully um hopefully it's a good twist on on the format yeah, because it looks like we're getting a um, like it looks like a queen zombie. Yeah. In the trailer, perhaps I'm not sure, but it it looked good. It look it looks, it looks fun, which is, honestly, what I'm looking for at the moment. It's what the world needs right now, isn't it? Let's be honest. What the world needs at the moment is films that. Especially to get people back into theatres when when the theatres do open again. Like, we just need films that are going to make people go, I'm 
here to have a bit of fun and hopefully this can provide that yeah um and it looks like they're um they're already planning on this being a success because yeah. they've already they've already greenlit a prequel film ooh um army of thieves which is in early pre-production that's good apparently it's going to take place during the early stages of the zombie outbreak and it's being directed by one of the stars of this film okay of of um army of the dead um i'm gonna butcher this name that's interesting um, by Matthias Schwergeichkoff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, him. <laughs> um, he's directing that, and apparently they're doing an anime-style TV show that's going to expand oh. on the universe. I feel like um, I feel like a lot of places are bran- branching out to. Um, animated supplementary TV shows Um, because obviously Pacific Rim have got one currently Um, uh, I had another example but I can't remember (laughs) it (laughs) Um, Um, Castlevania I mean that's that's a video game but yeah I feel like I've I feel like this could be a way of getting extra stories to be told in a let's be honest a, a cheaper sort of way yeah or a way in which the um championing animators and not having to worry too much about the um about having the actors all there together on set yeah and I can support that because um, ultimately I want every element of the ent- entertainment um, industry to be able to come out of the uh, to be able to come out of the, the pandemic still with jobs, still with audiences and stuff like that so yeah, um, as a member of said industry and whose work has just disappeared. I wholly support this. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um it looks fun. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um so let's move over to something that I'm also excited for, but probably less so. Um we had the Black Widow trailer. Uh, drop um, literally five minutes after <laughs> recording our previous podcast. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, is what I'll say. I think it added much to what we didn't already know. Um, yeah, we didn't get really much information. Um, but I suppose because they've already given us two 
big trailers and were just gearing up for, for sort of little TV spots leading up to the release of the film. Yeah, I mean, as, um, we, as we said in the last episode, we can't they can't really be giving us too much more or otherwise we're going to end up like 2014 with trailers giving away the whole film again. Yeah. Um, but what I did catch from the trailer, so um, there is endgame footage. Um, so I something ha- there has to be a reason for that is my thought has to be a reason that there is some endgame footage um, and that to me means it can't just be a straight up prequel yeah see I was going to say it's like my um one of my theories from the very beginning was that this movie is taking place entirely inside the soul stone oh that's a good idea and it's just kind of Black Widow um, just like exploring her life I don't know like you know they say like oh your life flashes before your eyes but that but like because she is in the soul stone she gets like endlessly relive her life and I don't know just is it so yeah I haven't thought about it a lot I just thought what if it was in the soul stone that'd be fun (laughs) well we know that it definitely occurs yeah, you know, after after the Avengers are joined. Um, so after the events of the first Avengers film, because she says in the trailer she talks about before the Avengers. So that must mean that that line of dialogue comes from somewhere after the Avengers. Um I would like to, I would think that it's probably if it is thinking if it is on our earth and not part of Solstone's shenanigans uh, I would think it'd be before the blip as well but then it's a weird place to put it for it for a film before the blip so yeah um Solstone theory uh has a lot of credit in my head anyway yeah um so it is it's gonna be an interesting film because it is obviously gonna yeah. be some sort of prequel because honestly, i think i'm mostly in the position of i just want them to get it out and to <laughs> get it watched like, yeah. I just want to watch it so that I know what the story is so that we can <laughs> then proceed to the next episode of the MCU yeah I think we need to the MCU is moving on we just need to thank you Black Widow you've been fun go away now. Yeah. <laughs> there is uh, rumours that one of the characters from the latest episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is also in um, Black Widow. Um, And obviously with the initial release schedule um, Black Widow was going to be released before Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So uh, I haven't seen this week's episode of Falcon yet so I don't know what character it is or who they are or anything. Um, but what I do know is that in that episode 
the original plan was for us to already know who that character was. Yeah, um, I have seen this episode, and I'm pretty sure I know which character it is, because they kind of appear, and you're like, who is this? And then they kind of introduce, uh, like, you kind of men know who they are, and it's like, right. I have no idea who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Fun times. Um, but I suppose that's the only thing that they had that issue with um, in the in Falcon series so hopefully um, hopefully the release schedule is just going to get back on track sort of soon and then we can uh, can really start to see what the vision is for this current phase yeah because I think we've got and next week's the last episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, so then, our next episode we'll have a bit of a a look back on that. Spoiler alert, I love Baron Zemo. Um, <laughs> and um, this is Baron Zemo's stan account. So so we'll move from that over to, to the Loki trailer, which came out two days later on... Um, I think it came out on Easter Monday... Um, yeah, uh, I'm really excited because I think it looks, uh, it just looks like so much fun. Yeah, um, I am a big fan of uh, Owen Wilson's beautiful moustache. <laughs> um, I am a big supporter of Owen Wilson doing well. Um, that's something that I definitely want to see happen. Uh, happen more in in the world of Hollywood um, for Owen Wilson to have a little bit of a renaissance he just has to be removed from Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler they're bad influences <laughs> oh but they're his friends <laughs> I'll always love his his cameoing like his cameoing community is one of my favourites um when he uh when he shows up in the Jack Black episode. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm hopefully uh I'm hoping that he I'm hoping he doesn't turn evil. I'm hoping that he gets to continue to be a uh, a fi- a fixture of the MCU because because I like him and I don't really have any more in-depth reasoning than that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, um, bad guy-wise, I think for Loki, we're gonna have, um, I reckon, uh, Lady Loki. Uh, Lady Loki will be the, um, will be the villain. Because I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the Lokis we see in the trailers are not gonna be our main Loki, and are in fact, like, deviant Lokis. Yeah, possibly. I see my personal thought is that um I think there's gonna be a lot of the things that we see in the trailer are going to be basically one big montage. Oh yeah, potentially, yeah. And I don't think it's gonna be quite as trippy as as it appears in the trailer. Um I think it's gonna be 
uh, a bunch of a bunch of those clips are just part of one big montage um, so that it looks like it's sort of Monster of the Week style um, but it's not going to be it's going to be uh, there's going to be an overarching plot in which Loki finds something up and or something exploitable that he can um, that he can, that can help him win the situation basically yeah um, and I think what we'll find is that he'll um, he'll find that in potentially Kang the Conqueror yeah because I know we've got we've definitely got Kang the Conqueror coming in in the next Ant-Man film yeah and I reckon they might so introduce it a good place to introduce it and I was thinking they might like slightly like not like do a full intro but like a little like little tease and that might be what yeah. Loki's gravitating towards I think little teases are going to be um, going to be the way forward for the uh, for the TV shows specifically because um, I don't think they're going to specifically bring in and cast and do someone as big as Kang the Conqueror in um, in the TV shows yeah um, but yeah um, so I reckon the finale is going to um end up with uh, Loki finding a way to escape having to eliminate his own new timeline if you know what I mean yeah um, I think that'll be how the series all resolves itself um, but yeah it, it, it looks like it's going to be good fun um, I think this is another six episode I think that's going to be Part of the cast for the um for the forty five minute episode series that they do. Yeah, because I think because we're having what if is the next series, which I think there's going to be like twelve of them, but I think they're a lot shorter. Yeah, I think they're going to be half hours, um, maybe even twenty minutes, um, which I think is probably a good idea. Um, I think it. I think what it'll do is just sort of cement this idea of multiverse that they're obviously leaning towards. Yeah. I'm just really excited for the um for the what looks like the Marvel Zombies episode. Yeah. That does look like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um I mean I, I don't know much about what if, but um hopefully they get the you know get the uh, voice acting spot on and stuff hopefully to get the the actual actor you know the live action actors in to do the voice work sort of thing yeah because I think I know um, I think um, one of the I think it's the second episode what if um, T'Challa became Star-Lord I think is Chadwick Boseman's last um, last um, piece ah. of work that it's going to be released that's um, that's going to be a quite sad moment I'll be honest with you yeah it will be 
Um, like I remember um, Robin Williams's last film being um, the uh, last film that was released before he died. Anywhere was um, Night at the Museum Three. Yeah, in which the sort of had to accept their fate as uh, museum car- you know, museum statues, and had to give up their ability to to walk around in the evening, uh, and that was quite a sad ending, um, and a sad ending for for Robin Williams's career, if you know what I mean. Yeah, very. It is very sad, isn't it? It's- it's similar as well with um with Sladen as well. With Sladen's last uh last episode of Sarah Jane's Sarah Jane Adventures before she died was would have been the perfect ending, in all honesty. Um but it was they, also they, a very sad one. Because they recently went back and they did they, they did they animate it or was it a was So it... what they did is they had three more episodes in the in the can that the uh, that they then released after she died. Oh right. Um. But the um. The the last episode that aired before she died was like, um. The the plot line was Sarah Jane Smith becomes ill. Um, oh no. And it was quite a quite a harrowing sort of episode but yeah um, <laughs> that's uh, uh, yet another tangent that I've uh, that I've taken us on I'm really sorry about that <laughs> so the next uh, next category we've got the next thing that we've got is um, uh, Alfred Molina has been uh, been having a chat with the media yesterday um, at this point Um so the three quotes that are being reported today um are that in that he's going to be in um uh, no way home the the too many spider-man movie um he said uh doc ock's story will continue right where it left off and that he is being de-aged for some of his scenes um and has been told that in this universe, no one dies. Oh. Which is... Um, is an interesting... Like, part of it might just be... Oh, there's always a way to bring someone back. Yeah. Um, we know in we, the way that, that Marvel do. Yeah, because we know in Marvel, no one is ever really dead. Yeah, like, it's not even like it's... Like with um, Walking Dead, where... No one's dead until you see the corpse. Like, there's always a way to bring someone back. You know, yeah. Vision, uh, Phil Coulson uh, are the two big examples. Possibly Black Widow. Um, so it could just be a throwaway, um, throwaway comment about that sort of, yeah, um. Uh, way of making things at the moment or alternatively it could be a hint towards uh, multiverse multiverse shit 
I'm imagining so because I mean, what is it? What 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 have in the, in the end of Spider-Man Two, the the Tobey Maguire one? What is it that he like collapses into the river with himself? Is it like a little artificial sun or something? Basically, yeah. Um, it's like a fusion reaction sort of thing. Oh right, yeah. So I'm imagining, um, I'm imagining what they're gonna do is gonna be like. He didn't die there, but was like zipped into another dimension. Yeah, quite I, possibly. Either that, or we, because I mean, I can't imagine otherwise why they'd want to de-age him. Yeah, because I'm imagining that's... what they do is to like add extra like reaction shots and stuff as like he zips into the thing. Yeah. Because I was imagining if they were adding a Doc Ock from a d- different universe, why they just... It'd just be Doc Ock from a different universe where he didn't die. Yeah. I mean, I'm just hoping it's the one from Spider-Man 2, because it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. See, I think this is going to be a very bold speculation that I'm about to make. Oh, okay. Um... But I think that um, the uh, that Nowhere Home is gonna follow the Spider Wars storyline from the animated series. Oh right. Um, which I I think originated in the animated series. Um, it followed a Secret Wars storyline, which I don't think I I think that um. Marvelous saving that for sort of late see uh for late um late phase five, maybe even phase six sort of time. Um but I think there's a possibility that they'll do Spider Wars to to lead into that, if you know what I mean. Alright, yeah. Um So what that was is um it was it was the grand finale of the um of the episode uh, of the the animated series, the nineties cartoon one, um, and what happened was um, Spider Man got brought into a um, uh, essentially into another reality by um, I think a character called the Beyonder, and he um, he then had to. Um, select a group of other Marvel villains, uh, um, a group of other Marvel heroes, to assist him to fight some other Marvel villains. That was the secret was um, part of the storyline. So the like he brought Storm from the X Men in. He brought um, the Fantastic Four in, and I think there was like. Um, someone like uh, Captain America or something like that in there. I can't 100% remember it. Um, But obviously, I know that they did that as a big way of tying in the 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 90s X-Men cartoon and the 90s uh, Fantastic Four cartoons as well. Um, And then after that storyline resolved itself, they then went on to... um, to do one where it was a bunch of Spider-Men um, fighting against um, a 
version of Spider-Man that was um, possessed by Carnage. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and that was the big finale of the the animated series, and I think that's the way they're going to go with it. That's my prediction, anyway. That would certainly be really interesting. Well, it'd give a, it'd give a reason for them to have all three Spider-Men there and a Doctor Octopus as well to you know, be bringing in previous Spider-Man villains uh, it'd give reason for Electro to be there um, especially with him not being the particularly the biggest of the Spider-Man villains yeah I mean also uh, the fact the it gives us it gives us a um, it gives us an Andrew Garfield villain and it gives us a Tobey Maguire villain yeah um, and then there's potential for, for maybe like Scorpion or something from uh, uh, who made a, a brief appearance in um, Homecoming so that's half that's a sinister six anyway. very much very much like a, so. just a terrible three or something <laughs> well you never know they might do some sort of Sinister Six with it and um, and we just haven't been told much more because let's be honest they're good at letting out the things that they want to let out and keeping in the things they want to keep in yeah I mean we did have that binned off Sinister Six movie back in the day didn't we yeah um the less said about that story, that that, <laughs> uh, that version of the, the Spider-Man universe, the the better probably. But um, what what I do like is like if this does happen in this way, there's a very good chance that it makes those other films better. Yeah. And what I do like is the way that um, the way that Marvel have approached making the other films better compared to how DC are currently doing it which is they're just having another go (laughs) (laughs) at releasing either the same film but by a different director or the same name of film but just (laughs) the same premise but just going I will just just have another shot at that like (laughs) they're doing with with Suicide Squad so the the real question is if we do bring in um, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield's universes into this. Does that mean the other Spider-Man films are now MCU canon? I mean, possibly. Um, I'd be into it. <laughs> would would we have to? Yeah. Would we have to add those to a to a watch of all? If you wanted to do a Marvel marathon like I did recently, would I then now have to add the Spider the Spider Man one through three and the Amazing Spider Man one and two? I mean, there's gonna become a point where you're gonna have to add in X Men one two three first class. There's a Future Past Apocalypse, New Mutants, and Dark Phoenix um, <laughs> as well. So, um. So yeah, I, I think they'll still keep them separate to the uh, to the MCU, but I think they'll make the they will make those canon, but not part of the 
core storyline, the, the core timeline. I think there's going to be a lot of focus this phase on the core timeline. We grant you the rank of canon, but not the <laughs> not the rank of of, of MCU of, property. property. Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah. Um. I think we've. Uh, exhausted the MCU for another day. We promise that in a couple of weeks we'll we'll do an episode where we don't mention the MCU whatsoever. <laughs> um, it's just that they just keep bombarding us with, even if there's nothing for us to talk about in terms of new properties that week, they will drop a trailer or a piece of news or something. Um, like um, Doctor Strange's uh, wrapped filming this week as well um, but it's we don't know enough about it to, to be able to speculate and also we're now 50 minutes into the episode <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like it's they, they just keep giving us new like this is why we're not doing weekly updates on on WandaVision on Falcon Winter Soldier etc is because we would just talk about this eternally and I really don't want I really don't want this to become just an MCU podcast because <laughs> there's a lot of really good MCU podcasts out there and I know that I listen to them and then I'll end up making one of their points as my own accidentally because uh, that's what I used to do, end up doing with uh, when I was talking to people about football is I'd make a football point that I'd heard on a podcast as my own and cringe bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, we want to quickly talk about uh, Fast and Furious 9 before we get on to the hypothetical yeah um so I have a lot less to say about uh, the Fast and Furious um, series uh, in that I've watched a couple of the early ones but not really kept up with the series yeah um, but they have released um, a trailer for, for a film called F9 Fast and Furious 9 um, which uh, I cannot fault their commitment to not commit into a naming convention. I mean, I've um, also seen it written as F9 The Fast Saga. <laughs> oh, fun times. Um, so yeah, like obviously we've had uh, the likes of Furious 7, Fast 5. Um, I think the sixth one was just called Fast and Furious. Um so just uh, omitting the thes to um, to make it a brand new movie movie title, um, and I think honestly, I think because they know that's now a joke amongst the amongst the fan base, there's I think they're, they're just leaning into it. In all honesty, <laughs> you'd hope so by this point. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the uh, um, so the plot centers around um, Vin Diesel's character's brother, 
Um, and as family is a big plot point in uh, in every Fast and Furious movie, like that's his big sort of character arc is how much he bloody loves family. He's always bloody <laughs> talking about how important family is. Um, it's uh, kind of astonishing that they've got all the way to the ninth installment of the franchise, tenth if you include Hobbs and Shaw, um, without going, oh, by the way, Vin Diesel's character's got a secret brother who's also evil. Also, it's John Cena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why we couldn't see him. He was the invisible. <laughs> um, oh, they're bringing um, Charlie's Theron back, are they? Yeah. Um, they're always bringing someone back. It's like there's enough of it to be the case that there's always someone to bring back and have a cameo from an earlier film. Um, what I will say is watching this trailer has got me interested in going back to watch the pre all the previous films and really watch up to to now again if you know what I mean um, so watch the, the early ones again and then continue on so that I can watch up till now um, it looks it looks a lot of fun yeah, I mean, I can't say I share I share the same thing because <laughs> to be honest, don't like I don't like the Fast and Furious films. Ah, okay. <laughs> they just um they just don't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, um I I think the big question with it is so we're 10 films in and the the Creator is on record saying that space is not off limits. So the question is, how many, how many more do we think we're going to go before we end up in space? I think because big... we're currently ten, <laughs> we're currently ten films into the franchise, and we we haven't got near it. I mean. Obviously, the next film would be Fast Furious 10, which obviously you can make an X. An X is a very spacey sounding letter. So That is a good point. So I could see at the end of this film, big, bold man. His name is Vin <laughs> Diesel. That's the one. <laughs> In his fast car, he does a big jump. But oh no... The jump's too big. He's in space. <laughs> He's gone into orbit. We crash cut. FX will return. This time. Space. <laughs> I know nothing about Fast so. and the Furious, so... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that, um, to, to be fair, like I don't know enough of the more recent films to to be any authority on it. But every time I see a trailer for it, I always think oh, I could just I could just get into it and then and then watch it. But then there's only a certain amount of hours in the day, and that's yeah. always sad. 
I think <laughs> I think the most I've seen of Fast and Furious recently was uh, in 2019 when I was going to the cinema a lot. I saw that fucking Hobbs and Shaw trailer more times, <laughs> like than I saw my family, like. <laughs> Uh, and Jesus, I did not want to see that film. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that brings us on to final speculation. So um, yeah, um, what we're what we're thinking of is our our favorite movie cars, um, and then what we're going to do, we're gonna gonna each choose three cars from films and. We're going to uh, make a, a little ranking of them based on how well they would do on the Top Gear track, uh, as controlled by the stick. <laughs> okay, um, do you want to go first? Or should we um, go, should we go I'll more? let you go first, because I know that... Um, I know you were struggling a bit more with the uh, with the topic than I was. My big struggle was narrowing it down, <laughs> so I've got lots of alternates. <laughs> okay, so my my three cars that I've come up with is um, number one, Lightning McQueen from Cars. Yes. Um, and more the... Rowan Wilson. That's all <laughs> we need. <laughs> uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Out and then route one, and then um, this one completely opposite of route one <laughs> the truck from Final Destination. Oh, <laughs> that is niche. I love it. I, I thought of it and I thought I can't not use this now. <laughs> Okay, so um, so as we all know, DeLoreans are um, not particularly good cars. Um, I, I know there was the whole joke of it getting it getting to ATA in um, in Back to the Future about how it might not get there. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so. That'll make um, that'll make some of the uh, some of the corners a bit more interesting, um, considering that they'll have to um, to navigate that. You know, uh, I think it's gonna gonna struggle to get back up to speed after Hammerhead, for example. <laughs> he, he is gonna have to he is gonna have to look out for the straight though, because he can't go too fast because otherwise he will go back in time. And I that have to think. I have to think that's going to affect his time on the track. <laughs> yes, um, I had not thought of that, but that <laughs> is fantastic. Um, Lightning McQueen is uh, is very fast, like Lightning McQueen. Um, the issue with Lightning McQueen I mean, is we the, the the stipulation of the question was. How well would the Stig take him round the track? That was the question. And, um, and what happens and when you? <laughs> what happens when you open Lightning McQueen's door? Is there just like a big? What happens when you get into a car's car? <laughs> Is it? Do you open Lightning McQueen's door and it's just like a big fleshy car brain? 
Does the Stig have to like, like slide his way in? <laughs> what is it like to be inside Lightning McQueen? <laughs> Smart cube out of context. <laughs> I think it, um I, I'm fully behind the um the niche cars theory that all the cars are just super evolved insects. Oh, and the, the chassis are just like they're exoskeletons. <laughs> so, my theory is, is that part of the uh, old, is that part of the old Pixar films uh, in the same timeline, like theory. I know yeah, that's a, um, something a theory that existed a few years ago. I'm not sure if they've kept that up. The theorists. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure Woody from Bugs Life, or am I missing? Or am I mixing up my ants, my ants and my Bug Life? <laughs> the um, um, well, Woody it, is from Toy Story, so yeah. See, um, I don't know my Pixar characters very well, <laughs> <laughs> and oh. so I'm just gonna say Lightning McQueen, Big Bug. Can the Stig dominate the will of this big bug? I'm gonna say the Stig kind of like slides in. It messes Lightning McQueen up. Lightning McQueen just dies on the track. Lightning McQueen doesn't move. That's a null and void (laughs) for Lightning McQueen. (laughs) Uh, See, I would like to... Maybe it's because it's Owen Wilson and I've already expressed my soft spot for him. Um, but I would like to think that um, Lightning McQueen and uh, the Stig would work in harmony. <laughs> um, so I think not only would it would they get round the track, but they would also make a friend in the process. So kind of like Lightning McQueen would become the Jaeger to the Stig. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's uh, that's my thought. There'll be a um, neural drift. <laughs> so we've got either one. The, uh... Either they become drift compatible and annihilate the track, or Lightning McQueen just dies. <laughs> There's no in between. <laughs> it's either yeah. the best or the worst. Um, and then. So the last one was um, the truck from Final Destination. Um, now that's carrying a lot of logs. Now obviously <laughs> halfway through it's going to um, going to lose half of them. I reckon. Um, I reckon Hammerhead Corner. That's... Yes, Hammerhead Corner. There's possibility that the um, that either the trailer's gonna sort of roll over or it's just going to lose a lot of weight which will probably help it for the for that big straight that they do um bit, of, then, bit of a bit of a a loss of weight just revs up the engine gets it going yeah just means that the the acceleration goes faster than the stig was expecting so i think he goes wide on gambon oh <laughs> <laughs> But the real question is when the when the uh, trailer detaches, 
do the logs just all go into the Top Gear studio, killing everyone? <laughs> no, Paddy. <laughs> Paddy Guinness and Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> dead <laughs> oh, he's, he's gone he's he's long gone oh is he I, I i haven't watched i only watch um <laughs> um i, I don't watch reruns i don't dave. yeah reruns on dave <laughs> and um sometimes um grand tour on amazon so the current the current lineup is um chris harris who was there for the the metal blank era um and then it's paddy mcginnis and freddie flint off Oh. Um and they have a very good chemistry, so um mm. so it's worth it's worth giving it a little go in all honesty. Um Sounds just good. for the series it's uh uh it should still be on iPlayer uh if you were so interested. <laughs> um, I mean it could be on iPlayer, but this is iPlayer. If something goes on iPlayer it either stays on forever or is gone within fifteen minutes. <laughs> so truck from final so, destination i reckon it's not doing well <laughs> yeah um i think it's going all right it's just that they go wide on gambon and uh that takes a, a couple of seconds off his time yeah um and that's because he wasn't because of his he won't have been expecting the sudden burst of acceleration from losing all the weight of the logs that have gone on to Top Gear Studio yeah. to kill all the <laughs> cast and crew. <laughs> so, uh, what are your three cars then? So, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lead off with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, right. Yeah. I know it's probably cheating for him to fly over the <laughs> um, <laughs> over the track. Um, but it is a lap, so he would still have to sort of go around. Um, but uh, I there was a show recently in which they tried to sort of make a flying Chitty Chitty Bang Bang um, as per the the look of the the film. Oh yeah, um, and it ended up. <laughs> and, it, and it very promptly turned into we're going to make a drone that looks like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang so it was <laughs> quite a disappointing uh, disappointing show um, but it's a for me it's one of the most iconic movie cars of all time um, it's got a whole song about how how uh, how it is a uh, fine four-fendered friend um also you know very subservient yeah so would, yeah so would um, would listen to the stig yeah um but obviously it's not very fast because it is a, a car from the the 19 uh, i think it was set the 1940s because the the nazis are in it <laughs> um is 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 Chitty Chitty Bang Bang alive? I no, I, I don't think it is alive. I think it's just um, am I think it, <laughs> often sort of kicks into action for um, for to to extend its wings or its flotation device. Ah, see, um, I, I've without been necessarily needing input from the user. See, I've um. 
I've been confused then, because I was thinking of Brum. <laughs> yes. Which I think many of our international listeners are just, they're not going to understand what <laughs> Brum is. Yeah. So, um... but yeah, so <laughs> Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I think he's getting round quickly, but not necessarily on the land, which might disqualify him. Yeah. <laughs> it, it... Um, but uh, in all fairness, um, if it's if its performance is similar to the to the film itself, um, so the film itself is two and a half hours long, um, and it probably should have only been just under two. Um, oh, so gee, my that's, think, a, that's a long film is, about a flying car. <laughs> <laughs> so my thought is that its uh, lap time is going to end up being about two minutes thirty, um, but probably should have been two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, that that sounds fair. Um, so I'm then going to go to um. Because I feel like I've got to pick a car that is legitimately a good car. Um, I'm going to go for the, the 2006 Batmobile. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the Batman Begins one. Uh, because I think that's... It's fast. It's got a lot of control on it. And also, it's pretty fucking cool. Like, it's the... For me, it's the coolest version of the Batmobile. Uh, as much as I like the the 90s Batman Forever version of it um, I think the sort of the tank look of it is just something that that makes it a bit cooler is this the one also that you can shoot out um, the motorcycle from yes yes because I think um, I think the Stig might do that as like a crossing the line finishing move. <laughs> that would be um, that would be major showboating, and I'm entirely here for showboating. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think that's gonna speed its way around the track, and then um, for my final one. Now I wanted to go for the. Uh, the Dodge Charger from the uh, from Dukes of Hazard, uh, the General Lee, but um, if it uh, and I would have gone for that if it wasn't for you know the Confederacy <laughs> of it all, yeah, <laughs> um, and the uh, <laughs> and the the associations with the Confederate flag painted on the roof of the car. Um, but because I am a sucker for American muscle cars, um. I am going for the, I think it's a Ford Thunderbird um, from Thelma and Louise. Oh. Uh, which uh, is another flying car, um, <laughs> just not for long. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I, I feel like it's the sort of car that I'd get a really, really good review from the um, from the cast that are doing the like review of it, yeah. Um, despite it not picking up a particularly uh, fast time on the uh, on the track, 
Yeah. Um. So you you going for the um the original like um. The original f- f- Ford Thunderbird because I know they've they've remade it quite a few times, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a um. I've just googled it. It was a nineteen sixty six Ford Thunderbird. Okay. Um. But yeah. Um. I I suppose I'm very in uh. Like I. I would always love to go and drive a classic American muscle car. Not necessarily, you know, um, own one or anything like that. Um, but I suppose I'd always like to, at some point in my life, go and drive one. Um, and that would be uh, a definite, um, definite contender for the one that I'd want to drive. Well, I'm actually going to say, I think, I reckon, yeah, the Ford Thunderbird, I reckon it's going to get the fastest lap time, because I just, I just given it a quick Google, and, um, the, the, um, the, uh, one of the Thunderbirds in the 80s was actually made into a successful NASCAR racer, and routinely okay. broke the 200 miles per hour barrier. Nice. So if we're if we're making our ranking, um, it's either going the Thunderbirds either first or second, depending on how drift compatible the Stig and Lightning McQueen are. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Lightning McQueen's it's he's either top or bottom. It's there's no in between. Yeah. So I think that um. Let's for let's for sake of argument call it that they are drift compatible just because okay. we've we've now put it in the rank. Um and if they're not drift compatible, just move everyone else up one, yep. basically. Um uh, so third, I think the Batmobile uh Batmobile's probably coming third. Yeah, that makes sense. With a bit of showboating at the end. Yeah, I reckon then perhaps the DeLorean after that. Uh, see, I was thinking the truck would come after that. Truck before um, the DeLorean. Yeah, because I'm thinking by what we've said earlier, the DeLorean um, is going to go back to 1955, so its lap time is actually going to be um, <laughs> in the uh, in the years. In the sixty odd years. Um, <laughs> category <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so we go DeLorean last and then um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang second to last yeah yeah because I think it'll fly around once and then we'd dis- we'd say you've either got to drive around or you're disqualified <laughs> and they'd go well I don't want to be disqualified <laughs> Dick Van Dyke would go well I don't want to be disqualified um, <laughs> And then it'll uh, drive it round like a normal car um, at the speed of a car from the 1940s. <laughs> yeah, so that's a, it's a good ranking. Yeah. Oh, it's, right. uh, this has been a, 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 a fun episode for me, anyway. Yeah, um, definitely. Cool. Um, so, let's do our outro. So, uh, Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Um, 
I've been Jamie. If you want to uh, want to find me, I'm mostly found on Twitter at uh, Count Cube, which is my uh, Twitter handle. Mostly talk about uh, football and um, football, left wing politics, um, and also uh, film and uh, film and TV. And if you want to find me, I'm at Blade of 96, also on Twitter. Um, I don't post much, but sometimes I do. And sometimes it's funny. Not often, but sometimes. <laughs> uh, and the uh, the general podcast Twitter is at SmartCubePod. Give us a follow there. And um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, see you next time. See you soon. Stay cool. Bye. Wait.